0: From Colorado Public Radio and TRX, this is On Something. Since this whole pandemic thing began, we've popped into your feeds periodically to try and better understand how people are using drugs like marijuana right now. Anxiety, boredom, loneliness. We don't have the data yet, but it feels like. Well, anecdotally, marijuana use is up. I have to imagine this means there are more first-timers out there, in places where weed is legal or not legal. First-timers with a lot of questions. And the thing is, it is hard to find reliable information about weed. It's a big reason why we started making this show. Marijuana is still federally illegal. And even though we've said many times on this show, hey, you know, go talk to your doctor, I know it's not that simple, even without a pandemic going on. Well, what if I told you that now you could simply dial a nurse?
1: Hello, and thank you for calling Lee 411. We are happy to assist you with any cannabis-related questions you may have.
0: This is On Something, stories about life after legalization. I'm Anne-Marie Awad. First order of business, season two of On Something will officially drop on July 14th, with episodes every two weeks for the rest of the summer. But in the meantime, I wanted to visit your feed just once more to talk about where to go when you've got questions. Because, well, that might be you right about now. Stuck at home, still, with lots of questions. And you might think that your only option is to uh, fire up the old Google machine.
1: People are just Googling pain, sleep and cannabis, marijuana or pot or whatever word, the keyword they use. That's how they're finding us.
0: This is Katherine Golden. She's been a nurse for more than 20 years.
1: I'm a typical Western trained nurse who worked in OR, medical surge, all of that. I was extremely, extremely judgmental about cannabis. I voted against it when it was here in Colorado. I never liked it personally.
0: But four years ago, her brother-in-law was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer
1: complete shock to our entire family because he was a non-smoker. He was just a businessman. He wasn't in any kind of field that had toxins or anything like that. Two kids graduating high school, and my family was completely devastated, especially, of course, my sister, who I'm very close to my family. We're all very close. We're a Hispanic family. Very, very tight-knit.
0: He was given the option to incorporate cannabis into his treatment, but only if he tried other treatments first. And Catherine says doctors were clear. They did not know anything about cannabis as a medicine. Her brother-in-law was given two to five years to live.
1: I said, well, while he's doing that, I'm going to look into the validity of this marijuana. It's a bunch of nothing, but I'll look into it. So that's how my journey started. I, I looked at all our typical publications that we look at as clinicians. You know, we look at white papers that look at actual studies, whether they're animal or lab models. And then I started seeing wait a minute, how am I finding all of this science um, when I'm barely hearing that people are using it medicinally?
0: Around this time, Catherine was actually retired from nursing, but she still felt,
1: well, pissed. It actually made me angry that there's something out there that could potentially help people with all kinds of ailments and and with the safety profile it has. The safety profile mean no known lethal doses. So anything else you take, even if it's a bottle of Advil, you can destroy your intestinal lining. Tylenol, you know, you can destroy your liver, you know, so those are over the counter. But when you look at the cannabis plant, I was shocked that the safety of it was so high that you could just, there was not really a lot that you could do to harm yourself with it.
0: Since his cancer diagnosis, Catherine's brother-in-law has tried several different treatments. Immunotherapy, for starters, which is when you're given medications that attempt to push your immune system to attack cancer cells. This caused him to suffer liver failure. Now he's using cannabis in conjunction with gene therapy, which is still considered an experimental treatment. Actually, so is cannabis. His doctors are trying to see if high doses could shrink his tumor. So far, Catherine says it's shrunk just once over the last four years. The start of his cancer journey was the start of Catherine's journey into cannabis nursing. At this time, like we said, she was retired, But she actually decided to jump back into nursing for a year and a half as an actual cannabis nurse. She worked at one of these integrative medicine practices, one of these ones where they offer massage therapy, acupuncture, and other types of alternative medicine, including cannabis. She stresses that places like this are rare. Usually when someone goes to get a medical marijuana card, they fork over their
1: fee. And then you go in and... All they want to know is, can I check one of these boxes of a qualifying condition? Do you have an ailment that fits in here? And if it does, great, here's your card, but don't ask me about how to use anything. And we hear stories about all that all the time.
0: As Catherine gradually became a walking cannabis encyclopedia, her friends and family started to come to her with all of their questions.
1: So that's when I started thinking, you know, I want to educate people. And my first thought was to outfit an RV, gut it all, turn it into a library and sit in front of every dispensary with a sign that said, Hey, come, come yeah. to me. I'm a nurse. I can help you.
2: <laughs> that Blown was my first idea.
1: Hundreds of yes. times. <laughs> yeah. So that was my idea. when I told my husband, he was like, well, how about a phone instead of an RV? And I said, Oh, Okay.
0: After uh, putting the brakes on the RV idea, Catherine's husband suggested making the hotline pay per minute. She did not like it. She mulled it over for a few months.
1: I had the dream that it was just going to be this Beautiful uh, combination of public and private partnership. I thought, you know, the minute we go to our senators and we go to our legislators, they're going to say, yes, this is a public good. This is a need. Here you go. Here's some money. And then we go to our cannabis industry and they're going to say, yes, here, this is a need. Here you go. And that's, well, not exactly
0: what happened. LEAF 411 did get off the ground, but with no government funding at all. It didn't end up being pay per minute. In fact, they're a nonprofit funded primarily by philanthropic giving from the cannabis industry. They answer questions by phone, email, or live chat.
2: I just was Googling anything that I could, cannabis RN, dispensary nurse, and that just popped up and I just signed on with an email. This is
0: Whitney. She has always been really enthusiastic about plants. She got her degree in biology, and she's a huge gardener. She has a tattoo sleeve all down one arm of just flowers that she and her mother grew together. So it kind of made sense when Whitney went to work as a grower for a few Denver-based dispensaries, way back when Colorado only had legal medical marijuana. This meant that she was growing plants directly for medical marijuana patients as part of what's called the caregiver model. Patients would come in, fill out some paperwork, and then come back and talk with a bud tender. This was in 2009. Working on the other side of a curtain, Whitney could hear things that worried her.
2: When one of the patients said something about their seizures and their pain, how everything wasn't being met pharmaceutically and cannabis was the only thing that was helping and they didn't understand why and they wanted to know the science behind it and our bud tender came up blank. He had no answer for them. I wanted to be that person that could explain to the consumer what was happening in his body. And that's Mm -hmm. what struck the light bulb for me. I was like, I can do that.
0: So Whitney tried to imagine some way to do that. I mean, it would mean much more than just becoming a really, really good bud tender.
2: I woke up one Saturday morning and thought, well, why not nursing?
0: She started nursing school in 2011, and while she was in school, sought out training in cannabis medicine. After school, as nurses often do, she went and she worked in hospitals, which she still does now. She works in operating rooms and sometimes as a traveling nurse. And these days, if you dial up LEAF 411 most mornings, she will be the one answering your phone call.
2: Thank you for calling LEAF 411. How did you hear about us?
0: We are not using her last name because she's worried about losing her hospital work for good.
2: If I were to even discuss cannabis as an alternative, punitive action could be taken against me. Catherine, Whitney's
0: boss, says nurses often worry that they could lose their licenses for this.
1: Before I got into cannabis nursing, I was retired. I was done. You know, I'm raising a child and I'm fortunate to have a husband that could financially support us. And I was done. And then cannabis came. And I'm like, Mm. oh, my gosh, I have to get into this. But it was easier for me because, God forbid, I lost my license. I still had my husband. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be detrimental to me and it would be, it's my identity would be taken away, but yet I could financially survive. I wouldn't lose my livelihood and not everybody can say that. So the nurses that are on my team that were working out on the field, in the field as well, they have that livelihood that they need to protect. Mm -hmm. So being a schedule one drug, we are at risk all the time. And the thing is,
0: There are real moments when cannabis is part of the job, even in hospitals. Whitney remembers this coming up earlier this year while she was prepping a patient for surgery.
2: The patient disclosed to myself and the anesthesiologist that they had been using cannabis as an alternative for their pain relief.
0: This matters because they were about to put this guy under anesthesia for surgery. Regular cannabis users can have a higher tolerance to common anesthesia drugs like propofol, And just giving this guy a higher dose of propofol could be dangerous.
2: I felt comfortable taking the anesthesiologist aside and saying, hey, look, I've been working on this. Would you feel comfortable if I discussed some issues, you know, some things that I've learned with them? Um, And they were totally open to it. But Whitney says it's a case-by-case basis.
0: Sometimes it doesn't go this well. Right around this time, she was Googling ways to be a cannabis nurse and found Catherine's hotline.
2: I immediately emailed Catherine. I was like, hey, here I am. This is me. I've done all of this. I've not been a nurse for very long, but I'm very passionate about cannabis. It's who I am as a person, who I uh, built myself to be, and we've just started this you know, relationship from there.
0: After a quick break, we'll talk more about how the hotline works and what kinds of questions they're getting during the pandemic. Hey, it's Anne. I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Listeners like you make On Something possible. Hundreds of thousands of people have listened to our podcast since it launched back in 2019. You've been there with us while we've explored everything, from CBD to cooking with cannabis to social equity across the entire industry. It is really humbling, and I am so grateful. The reporting, the stories told, and the issues explored You made all of that possible. And if you feel like helping our show, head to onsomething.org and contribute if you can. Once again, thank you so much. Whitney hasn't taken on any regular nursing work for months. Her husband also lost his job.
2: We've definitely had to be more mindful about our finances and kind of go back to the drawing board and looking at things, full disclosure, I didn't pay my credit card on time this month and it was the first time in 15 years, but everything else is doing okay.
0: And what is a typical work day for you like now?
2: Now, let's see, I wake up, I meditate, I have my breakfast, I quote unquote commute. It consists of a 10 minute walk around the block with my dog. And then I come down to my office, I shut the door, I turn on my Zendesk and my LEA 411 website, and I sit here and educate myself by working on the library. I respond to emails and I field phone calls. Do you feel like an essential worker?
1: Absolutely. So everyone kept saying, boy, you must be getting a ton of phone calls right now because everyone's in their homes. And it was actually opposite. Our call volume sunk completely. But in April
0: and May, calls started to pick back up again. Now, us nosy podcasters would love to play some of those calls for you, but we actually can't. The conversations that callers have with LEAF 411 nurses are anonymous and confidential. But Catherine and Whitney can tell us about some of the calls that they've answered.
1: My first caller was... A senior saying, I bought this package of Edibles a few months ago. Do you think it has COVID on it?
2: The rest of them have been, I've got anxiety. What would be the best thing for me right now? And then it went into the
1: smoking um, part of it.
2: I've been looking at this product. Can you help me tell me a little bit more about it?
1: I don't want to hurt my lungs. I'm told, you know, even our dispensaries are telling some of our consumers, yeah, you know, if you can switch to a tincture and edible during this time, we want to really keep our lungs pristine if we can. I don't want intoxication,
2: but yet, I am having really bad muscle spasms from my sciatic pain. What can help me without causing intoxication?
1: I even had someone come through chat that had overconsumed. He ate an entire chocolate bar (gasps) thinking that, well, I smoke every day. Um, He's like, I live with my parents. I smoke every day. They know what I use. I'm not going to smoke anymore because of the coronavirus. And I went and I just thought I can handle an entire chocolate bar. And he goes, I'm in trouble.
0: Can you think of a question that you've gotten recently that has like stumped you? This one. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine and Whitney both said they feel like they're fielding more calls lately from first timers. The data they have from before the pandemic shows that people over 65 already make up more than 40% of their callers. Almost a third of all of them are retirees. Now, Seniors have been the fastest growing demographic of cannabis users in the country for the last several years. That's exactly why Whitney is delighted to get so many calls from seniors.
2: Yes, ma'am. Absolutely, because they are reading more and educating themselves on the adverse effects of the um, narcotics that they've been taking or the other medications that they're taking. And and they're like, well, hey, what what do I have to lose? It's a
0: challenge. Whitney says these people are the ones who are most likely to have multiple conditions and they're most likely to not want to get high. It's a big change of pace from what she's used to.
2: Something as simple as a bandage change just doesn't excite me as much as, hey, I have A, B and C going on. I've got pain. I've got inflammation. I've got a cut on my arm. I don't know. How, <laughs> how, <laughs> how can cannabis help me with this?
0: Whitney left the cannabis industry to find some way to practice medicine that incorporated cannabis. She went into nursing, she worked in hospitals, thinking it would be a long time before she could achieve that goal. And then the pandemic happened.
2: The hospital is my bread and butter, but the LEAF 411 is my passion. So I'm having kind of this internal struggle between do I go back to the hospital and keep the bread and butter coming through, or do mm. I keep doing my passion and take these significant pay differences?
0: I think what strikes me the most about all of this is that nurses like Catherine and Whitney keep trying to find ways to help, no matter what. And they're not the only ones.
1: So actually, yeah, we we, we have more nurses than I can employ. A lot of nurses were furloughed, a lot of nurses had their hours cut, and I had people knocking at our doors saying how can we help but they need uh, actually a paying job and for nonprofits you know it's all about funding
0: nurses man recently I learned that 2020 is the year of the nurse according to the World Health Organization what a year to be a nurse right if you're on the front lines your job is riskier and more traumatic than ever before and if you're not you're likely furloughed or even unemployed. But Catherine, Whitney, and many others, in true nurse fashion, just try to find the next best way to help. And it might seem like a small thing, a hotline you could call if you are too high or if you aren't sure how much CBD is in your foot cream, but these particular nurses are injecting much needed facts into people's lives. In an area that has always been clouded by misinformation, urban legend, and now marketing. And we know facts are life-saving. Who is and who is not an essential worker is determined by your government, sure. But does a nurse need to be busting through walls, helping COVID-19 patients to be essential to someone, somewhere? Couldn't she just pick up the phone?
2: How can I help you today?
0: (laughs) On Something is a labor of love, reported and written by me, Anne-Marie Awad. This episode was produced by Mark Pagan. Our editor is Curtis Fox. Music by Brad Turner and Daniel Mesher. Additional music by Blue Dot Sessions. Our executive producers are Rachel Estabrook and Kevin Dale. On Something is made possible by lots of talented people like Francie Swidler, Kim Nguyen, Dave Burdick, Allison Borden, Matt Hers, Iris Gottlieb, Kendall Smith, and Jody Gersh. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. This podcast is also made possible by Colorado Public Radio members. Learn about supporting Colorado Public Radio at CPR.org. I
2: had one today. Hold on. It was about the best place for a transdermal patch what is the best place the best place would be any vascular
0: space i'm gonna assume vascularity means like where the blood tubes are at
2: yes (laughs) ma'am okay bring your try to put your finger to your elbow and you can see that blue vein in your wrist Ah. and that's where you want it to go
0: i love when interviews are interactive